The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome to the weekend, my good friends. Looks like it's going to be a fine one indeed. Show about money has begun. Hi-Fi Radio, each and every Saturday, my partner and I bring it to you. We want you to have more money, plain and simple. Uh, it's an exciting, exciting, exciting business that uh, we're in, eh, Jack? Absolutely, Wolf. A lot of fun. changing every day. Lots of fun, lots of fun, lots of things to pay attention to. And boy, the tech rally that's taking place is gorgeous. Um, you know, friends at home, I have to remind you, I, I'm going to say most Canadians are so overweight the Canadian market, so overweight the Canadian dollar. Um, and for those who are, which is the bulk of you, uh, it's underperformance. Uh, if you want to make more money, you have to, unfortunately, look south of the border into the U.S. market. Uh, the only front and center story there that is not working so well is the U.S. dollar. It's been a little bit weak lately. Decided to bring in Mr. Jeff Blanco. He's our head of foreign exchange. He's a currency trader. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. So it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio is a bit of a training ground, I must say. Uh, we train all the producers that end up uh, doing the morning show here in Chorus Entertainment. And Santiago is uh, our producer, de jour. And uh, what happens is if you say he did a good, if he does a good job, they move him up. So from now on, Santiago, if I say you I don't mean it. I mean the opposite. Okay, it's like opposite day. If they say you're good, <laughs> you got a problem. Uh, but it's funny because uh, you are from Colombia. Yeah. yeah. Don't be shy. Get pull that microphone in front of you. Let's get you on the radio okay, here. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in Colombia, uh, the currency is the peso. And your comment on the peso is as a uh, currency? Yeah, it sucks. Sadly. Yes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Jeff, uh, Canadian dollar is it any better than the uh, Colombian peso? A little bit, but we go in the same uh, trend sometimes, uh, being a shitty currency, some, sorry, sometimes as well. Uh, but Canada's done quite well, as you know, for the last three or four months. Um, I think we're getting close to maybe the end of what could be a Canadian dollar rally here. So uh, U.S. dollar in general had been weak. That seems to have turned the corner. Uh, Fed seems very confident that we're not going to go into a uh, recession down there as of yesterday. So relative growth, relative rates. Probably good for the U.S. against CAD. Uh, Jack, we were at a good lunch a couple of days ago, and I can't remember who the manager was that we spoke to, but I brought currency up. Oh, it was the bond trader from, was it Fidelity uh, that came up to see us uh, over at, was it Highs? Anyways. Uh, yeah, honestly, I can't remember. It, that's another one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was a bond trader. And uh, I asked him about um, uh, currencies, because, uh, of course, when you're trading bonds, uh, you do take on currency risk. Uh, and it can be a lot more pronounced than take on currency risk in a stock, because bonds don't really move that much. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the currency itself uh, can, in fact, overtake uh, the movement of the bond quite uh, quickly. Uh, but in speaking about the U.S. dollar, I said, what do you think about it? He said, well, it depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, and I said, well, the Dixie. And he said, well, the Dixie is a funny one because it really is only four major currencies. You know more about the Dixie, uh, Jeff, than I do. So I want you to talk about the Dixie. Yeah. What is it? Why is it relevant? How is it constructed? Uh, well, it's constructed mostly by euro. I think I can't remember the percentages off the top of my head, but it's a majority uh, of that Dixie is the euro. And plus, no, but it's also euro, pound, yeah. yen, yen, and, and yeah, CAD. CAD, CAD, a little bit, but it's a small, CAD's it's a small very, component. very small. Yeah. Euro, pound, yen, um, are we not missing another? 
No, no, no not that's full. most of it. Euro is, the... Euro is the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it relevant? I don't know. People look at it as a general guide for the U.S. dollar, but to me, you might as well look at the euro. So it's basically the same trade. Yeah, and the euro has been strong uh, going from par to 110 U.S., which means the U.S. dollar at that point was weak. Canadian dollar during that period went from, I'm going to say, what, 73 to 76? Yeah. So a 3% gain or 4% gain for the loonie while the uh, euro moved uh, 10 points. You say that the euro has been strong, strong recently, but it's coming off a low base because last year it really underperformed. Fair enough, uh, fair enough. So, and as you say, the bond manager we were talking to, it was uh, Manulife, Manulife Strategic Income, right. which is a, a global asset manager, and they actually manage currencies along with the fixed income portfolio. As, so as they you, look to take advantage to. of it. Yeah, As you have to. Uh, and I, friends at home, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you uh, a little bit of... Uh, of an ingredient of our secret sauce, the secret sauce that Jack and I have created. It is patented, it is exclusive to our clients, uh, and it is so yummy. McDonald's doesn't, their Big Mac sauce can't stand up to what we got here. Um, But uh, if you want to protect yourself as an investor in times of stress, the U.S. dollar is supreme. Uh, So have exposure to the U.S. currency at all times. And I'm going to say something else, uh, boys and girls. Gentlemen and gentlemen, Jack and Jeff, um, my entire investing career, which now spans, I can't believe it. I'm 58 years old and I started investing in the markets when I was 18. Uh, so it's 40 years of experience I have. 20 as a customer, 20 as a supplier. We're actually just 18 and 22. I've been on Bay Street now for 22 years. But I bring a, a very unique perspective because I was a customer. Um, and when I began investing, the Canadian dollar was 75 cents. And today it's 75 cents. Yep. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Hey, almost 40 years. Uh, San Diego, you awake? Always. In that same period, what do you think the peso did? The Colombian peso? Yeah, it went down. It went down <laughs> <a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe down, yeah. <laughs> um, what about gold, Mr. Jeff Blanco, currency trader? Uh, it's got a bid to it. Uh, and that is, an, you know, it is a currency, sort of. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Um, Depends on who you speak it's, to. It's part of the, the weaker U.S. dollar. And, you know, there, there is no free lunch on Bay Street and Wall Street. So... If it's a if it protects you on the downside, so if markets are going lower, the U.S. dollar tends to be stronger. When markets are going higher, which they are right now, U.S. dollar tends to be lower. So it's a natural hedge, and it just reduces but volatility I, in I, a client's portfolio. My, my question to Jeff is, what do you think about gold? It looks like it's breaking out. Uh, what's it telling you about currencies and the trust in currencies? Now, I'm putting on my Jamie Carrasco hat for a few seconds here, Jack. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well... I think gold has performed really well over time, as you know, right? As, uh, well, as I, I don't think it has. Edge. I think well, it's been a terrible... As compared to other things or other With currencies, Certain perhaps, windows, so. perhaps. Yeah. It's been a double this decade. So 1,200 to 2,000 2, yeah. in 10 years. Not bad. Stock market's up a lot more with divvies. Yeah, what's Canadian dollar done in the last decade? Uh, excuse me, 75 cents yeah. when you wake up, yeah, exactly. 75 cents when you go to bed. That's exactly. what it is. Uh, yeah, it looks, like it's, uh, it looks like it's breaking out. And that could be a function of, of massive debt loads we have uh, uh, globally, inflation being sticky but, but, everywhere. Yeah, but so. central banks, it, they, they, central. this is important. You know this better than I do, Jeff, and please share with us and add, add some further light on it. Central banks need to hold global currencies so that they can trade. So, that, you know, central banks will hold some Mexican pesos, or excuse me, some Colombian pesos, just in case we got to do a little trade with Colombia. Uh, uh, not a whole lot of reserves, I don't think. A little bit, but it's true. But, but the U.S. dollar, of course, is what all central banks hold. And... 
Jamie is telling us that they are using a lot of U.S. dollars to buy up more bullion, a.k.a. gold. Can you speak to that? I don't follow the gold market that closely, but okay. I do know that central banks globally have been increasing their uh, their holdings of gold everywhere, not just U.S., right. but everywhere. Right. Um, Especially and at the expense of, do you believe? What? You buy gold, you got to pay for it in something. Yeah, U.S. dollar or Probably U.S. US treasuries. Get rid of your U.S. treasuries and, and buy more gold. And let's just stay on this topic. Um, China. Uh, are they one of the largest U.S. debt holders in the world, yes. if not the? Yes, they are. Them and Japan are the highest. Them and Japan. Well, let's keep Japan aside for yep. now. Um, they, too, are building their gold position. Yep. And they've been doing it for a long time. Um, and But they have been unwinding some of the U.S. position as well, have they not? Uh, I don't think materially so. Um, numbers come out, you know, uh, fairly frequently, but I don't think they've reduced their U.S. dollar holdings a lot. There's uh, always what well, I got to say in terms of Gold Wolf. If, if you're looking for a reason, because you know you see it in the markets, you're listening to the markets, you're looking at the markets. Why is it going higher? My guess, market is sniffing out the fact that the Fed is very. It's towards the end of its hike cycle, meaning it's not going to be raising a whole lot more, and you still have relatively sticky inflation. So you're going to have higher for longer in terms of inflation, and the Fed seems to be looking or guiding the market towards a, a pause at least whether or not it's this uh, meeting or next i think you're towards the end for sure the show's hi-fi radio show about money each and every saturday night jack and i bring it to you refined and bring in the finest minds uh who can help all of us well build wealth uh, jeff blanco is joining us he's our head of currency trading at canaccord currency markets are the largest most liquid markets in the world correct uh yeah about seven and a half trillion dollars a day in trading volume seven and a half trillion dollars yeah. a day in trading volume you know kathleen uh saw a little piece she's my better half um a little piece i guess on uh a reel and it was just showing the size of a billion dollars, how much a billion dollars truly is. And they're showing it more in a graphical manner. When you see stuff in graphics, right. you get off some really, wow, that is a lot of money. And that's a billion, not a trillion. It's amazing how we slosh these numbers around in this day and age. The currencies, they also trade basically round the clock seven days a week, Jeff. When, when, and when do they pause? Uh, Friday at five until uh, the Far East gets going on Sunday afternoon, probably around 2.30 or 3. So you got a day and a half off of uh, of no trading. Um, because, and I asked the question because crypto and, and, and the boys and girls out there, like my uh, middle son, uh, I think they're trading 24-7, aren't they? They, they never stop. Interesting. Yeah. But they do take clues and cues from the likes of currencies and interest rates and 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 gold do they not they do trade there's a correlation uh negative positive nonetheless there's a correlation i'm sure between crypto and currencies themselves i don't know about that i think you'd probably have a better correlation between crypto and the reddit stocks to be honest that's classic Jeff Blanco, currency trader with Canaccord, spending some time with us. Currencies do matter. You're going to take a trip. You're probably paying attention to the currency market. Uh, stay tuned. We'll share with you some more insight right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
you remember those credit card things? You go to a restaurant and machine? machine the credit card, but it was that wasn't the machine. Well, it was a machine. It, it, it was, was mechanical. A, it was a mechanical. Totally, machine. It was a mechanical. Totally machine. mechanical, yeah. eh? Yeah. And it doesn't make you smile when you think about uh, stuff like that. One of our clients put up a good piece, Jack, on Facebook, uh, and he was speaking about uh, uh, de-dollarization in his own way. Uh, in that, how a, a fifty-dollar bill can can turn to dust just by transacting on credit cards over and over again because uh, there's clips that take place, right? You, you you take 50 bucks and give it to a merchant and they run it through a $50 trade on a credit card to a merchant yields the merchant about $49.20. And then he takes a 49 and does it again at 48. It's 50. It slowly yeah. works its way to zero. Whereas a $50 bill is a $50 bill. It holds at least its $50-ness inflation aside. Um, and again, uh you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, a position that we've taken on uh, in our portfolio is MasterCard. Um, those credit card stocks are financial stocks. Uh, the banks, uh, which everyone always runs to, you know, you buy the banks are great, especially the Canadian banks. They have no love right now. No one wants to own the Canadian banks, and they are cheaper than chips. They trade at less than 10 times earnings, raise their dividends twice a year, are yielding in and around 5%, but they don't want them. But the market does like credit cards. Uh, Visa pushing higher, MasterCard pushing higher, and they trade at 30 times earnings, but they have growth. The world is continuing to push forward in a digital fashion. Um, and I, I, I set the table with that, Jeff Blanco, our currency specialist at Canaccord Genuity. Um, how does that affect, you know, overall currency markets uh, as we as we push forward? Well, I think central bank digital currencies are coming uh, everywhere. It's just a function of when those arrive. I think everybody's ready for those now, and not consumers, but the central banks certainly are, are ready for that. And that's coming for sure. So, so is, is that a dollar peg? Um, central bank currency in the U.S. Is that what they're looking at? Because I know there's, there was a few disasters last year that uh, were supposed to be pegged to the U.S. dollar and really the uh, investors in crypto didn't get what they were expecting, right. especially when there was stress in the market. Right. Well, it'll be essentially a replacement for the U.S. dollar. There'll be no more dollar bills that you hand out to your, to your, uh, to your merchant. It'll all be done uh, behind the scenes electronically. And, and in that scenario you avoid the friction costs and that's exactly what Wolfgang's talking about friction, friction costs that's a good word yeah you know when you're using these you know credit cards or whatever the case uh, or if, if you go travel to the US or, or travel to the US or Europe from Canada use your credit card what are they taking on you in terms of a spread oh yeah it's a disaster that's uh, why that's the, why they're good businesses to own the, the, the great the great stocks right? to own what, what about travelers checks ladies and gentlemen do they exist we might know about them but nobody else will I don't think travelers checks eh yeah dating myself uh again they were not a cheap way to to get foreign exposure either right it's pretty expensive yeah they're they're very very expensive big 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 cost and again uh you know you know it's an incredible company um is uh i guess it's apple apple pay and you put your credit card on uh, your cell phone and it just runs through apple pay and i think apple pay is getting a little clip sure. they, they have to be getting yeah, a clip absolutely but what a great business yeah what a great, great bit. Again, I, I said, if you can't beat them, join them. I, Jeff Blanco, you know, I, cash. Okay, cash. Let's talk about cash. I'm a cash hey, guy. Cash, right? You, you got a trades guy. Cash. Hey, you pull in some cash. Yeah. Is it going to go away? Or can we continue to you know, do a little deal with some cash every now and then? Uh, I think the ultimate objective is to get rid of it. I'm... As a cash guy, I hope that doesn't come true, but I think that's the Do you think in our lifetime, like, I'm 58. I, I think in our lifetime that will happen. You, you think you no know cash? Yeah. Wow. How about the mural we have at Canaccord? They're all the old pennies. 
and the dumb. You know what it was? Yeah, just some funky art that yeah. we buy at the corporate level. Yeah, uh, yeah we got this great big circle in our main lobby on twenty. You got to see it, and they're a bunch of pennies, hey eh, Jack. Yeah, and they get them spray painted, uh, and I guess they could do that legally uh, back in the day. You write uh, what was it called when you rip up tender? It was legal too. It was a federal crime to. Uh, what was the word? Destroy tender, legal right. tender. But I guess with those pennies being out of circulation. And the irony is the the, the copper was worth twice what the penny was. Yeah. Uh, were people yeah. actually collecting those pennies and smelting them? Uh, I think I think it's worth it for pennies, but I know people that still to this day try to find the old uh, silver quarters and and uh, silver dollars and dimes from the good old days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, manhole, and stealing manhole covers. Yeah. That, that was an interesting phenomenon. Um, my final uh, question to you, Jeff Blanco, our head of foreign exchange at Canada Court, uh, can Bank of Canada, uh, interest rates, uh, how many more rate hikes do you see and when do you see rate relief? And I dovetail the question with uh, the U.S. Uh, Central Bank, uh, otherwise known as the Fed. I think the majority of the of the market now thinks that we are at peak central banks everywhere, even in even in Euro, which which until two weeks ago they thought they were still going to continue hiking, um, but based on their comments today, it looks unlikely they'll hike in September. They being who won't who the won't ECB ECB so won't hike. Yeah, so I think form. everyone thinks we're at peak. Uh, we're at peak rates. Will the Fed will the Fed hike in September? The U.S. market uh, depends on the data. And, and Bank that, of Canada wins their next meeting. Don't know, Jack. Do you know? Is it probably the in around the September? I guess it's, right? it's yeah. August September. I, what, what, what do you think? I don't think they, I don't think they want to hike. Um, we're in a pretty bad situation in Canada with levels of consumer debt here. So, um, and we've already seen it in the housing market. That's going to reset. If they can avoid it, they will avoid it. Even in the July meeting, there was talk about that, and I just read it in the newspaper. So there was a lot of debate around, you know, the lagging effects of the interest rates that have already happened and how that's affecting the economy. And that will only put more stress as, you know, as Jeff yeah. mentioned, people renewing those mortgages at higher rates well, you're and not hearing, having that discussion. You're hearing stories of 70-year amortizations for mortgages on variable rate mortgages. 70? So 70. Wow. So. Shows Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, there is a writer's strike going on. Of course, this once was Hollywood North, uh, Jeff Blanco. There used to be so much movie production in Toronto. I guess there is still a fair bit. Uh, but uh, Martin Katz would know best. Uh, he's a producer, uh, president of Prospero Pictures. Really, really cool guy's been on the show a couple of times he was also a sleep out uh, partner with me for covenant house um interesting to see what's going on in the world of entertainment and content creation uh we're streaming and this is a producer of the stuff that we stream that's gonna be a great interview uh, stay tuned hi-fi radio 640 toronto don't go anywhere there's more hi-fi radio in a moment on 640 toronto you're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Wakey-wakey. Show's about money. We're going to talk about the movie business. My first factoid I'm going to throw out is Netflix is a more valuable company than Disney. I am blown away by that number. Netflix is worth about $200 billion. Disney about $160, $170 billion. Uh, Disney is so not liked right now. Netflix uh, hit the floor, hit the mat, and... Uh, 
turning around the corner. Uh, not near its all-time high, but pushing. And there's a big writer strike going on. Kathleen, my bride, uh, reminds me. There's no content. Uh, writer strike going on. Uh, you know, friends at home, I've encouraged each and every one of you. If you're still one of those stay-at-home work people, stop it. Go out. Engage with society. Go downtown and be with your people or uptown, wherever you work. Doesn't matter. Just get out there and get back into uh, your work environment. If you are, of course, of working age, if you're retired, enjoy yourself. You deserve it and have a lot of fun. Um, just, uh, I guess, about a couple weeks ago, I was having lunch with uh, actually a portfolio manager and I was picking their brains and coming out of lunch, I bumped into Martin Katz. Uh, Martin is a well, he is the president of Prospero Pictures. Uh, Martin is a fellow Covenant House sleepout partner. Uh, him and I slept out on the streets of Toronto several times. And God bless you for that, my Thank friend. Um, Looking forward to doing it again this year. Good, good for you. Good for you. I'm, 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 I, we have our president uh, vouching to, to do it this year, uh, Stu Raftus. Fantastic. And so I'm going to uh, really, really promote him and uh, hand my sleeping bag over to him. Uh, it's clean. And uh, yeah, let him sleep out for a change. And I'll, I'll, I'll hang inside. To, uh, but representation is very, very important. And uh, yeah, we do have a housing problem. We have a homeless problem. Don't get me started because I shouldn't get you started either. But uh, we got problems in the world, uh, lots of them. Uh, but Hollywood has its own problems right now. And uh, on the elevator news, there were, I guess, there were, uh, inequities there. You know, word of the day was mm-hmm. inequities. They're saying, yes, the writers are feeling the inequities of the writers' strikes. Uh, what is going on, Martin? Well, you know, a number of things have come together to uh, result in a kind of perfect storm right now and you've alluded to one of them the largest entertainment company in the world disney is worth less than you know the netflix um now 160 billion as you said versus 200 billion but the the number you didn't refer to uh, apple is worth three trillion dollars uh, apple th- is worth more than every stock on the toronto exchange the <laughs> entire economy of canada and the, the public and they're in the entertainment business too so are they good at it uh well, I, I watch uh, shows on Apple, and I've seen some fantastic shows on Apple. So I would have said, bef- I probably would have said, why would I watch Apple? In fact, it took me a long time to subscribe to Apple TV and watch Ted Lasso, but I was, Ted was blown oh, away by how beautiful Ted it Lasso is. Show. That, that's a hot show. Have so, you seen Ted Lasso, Jack? I told you about it. No, you, I haven't. He's a hockey coach. He's oh, no, got, but you need to watch Ted Lasso because it's, it's actually fantastic. And I, you know, obviously I was the chair of the Academy of Canadian Film and Television for 10 years. I'm a very strong proponent of Canadian cultural sovereignty, and mm-hmm. I think that there are lots of great things to watch in Canada, but I... I, I put off watching Ted Lasso because I thought, okay, no nothing American football coach goes to England to teach a to coach a soccer team. How dumb is that? Oldest story in the book, and it, you know, it's pod news, bad, bad news bears meets uh, meets the soccer pitch. It's fantastic, funny, so yeah, it's beautifully written. Anyway, I think that Apple is hitting. Um, huge home runs in the entertainment business, and I think you know you ask the question. Why is there a strike now? It's not just the writer strike, by the way. SAG after the the union of actors is on strike too. It's the first time since 1960 that the writers and the actors are all on strike oh, at the both. same time. So this is a obviously it's a multi billion dollar industry for the world, but it's a eight billion dollar industry for Canada alone, film and television. And growing even, or declining? We're just talking about Hollywood. Oh, it's North certainly and- been grow it's been growing significantly. 
Um, like pre, the pre-COVID, are we? Is it actually above pre-COVID levels? There's uh, no question that we're. So COVID took a bite out of everything because a lot of things went out of production. Which, which, if I may, down. just throw yeah. on the table, it blows me away that they're having a strike. The COVID wasn't enough of a strike. They want more strike, more It's problematic. Time. So wow. why, why is there a strike now? First of all, they're under three-year contracts. Both of the contracts came up this year. So uh, it's time to negotiate. But here's where I think the crux of the problem is for us, um, for this industry. Who's negotiating now? A organization called the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Who's in this? Obviously studios, obviously large independent producers in America, not producers in Canada. But who else? Apple, Netflix, Google. They're part of the Alliance of Motion Picture wow. Production Producers and, uh, and Television Producers. So do they have a history of collective bargaining at Google? <laughs> no. Netflix? No. <laughs> Apple? Absolutely not. You know, if people if people don't deliver the work, they fire them and hire different people. We've seen, you know, Elon Musk do that. So these tech companies have no history or expertise in collective bargaining. And here, they, so why are they on strike? Well, the bargaining's shut down. Wow. I want to ask you about Amazon because yeah. they too uh, have content. Sure. And I, I, I always start at Netflix. I just start at Netflix yeah. and then I move around to other platforms, which is frustrating. I wish there was just one platform, but that's the way the world works. Yeah. Uh, there's only 13 channels of to choose from, right? Remember that? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I remember <laughs> there were three. Do you? Oh my. Oh yeah, my. I grew up in Winnipeg. We had, that's we had dating. Three, we had three channels. You're dating dating. CKND and CBC and CTV. Good yeah. golly. Um, Amazon. Their content seems a little thinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they good at producing content? And is that still part of their business plan? Uh, so I'm not an expert on this, but my perception is that Amazon is in the data collection business. They're in the data harvesting business. That's Just, what I see. That's right? cool, man. Yeah. Carry on. And classic movies like Rocky and stuff like that. That's what you find on Amazon. If you want to go find those types of videos, classic movies, Oscar-winning movies. I'm watching The Godfather right now. Yeah. Love, I, yeah. I watched yeah. The Godfather, Godfather when I went to Italy in um, in Sicily. Fantastic. Uh, oh, that was yeah. such a... Such a oh, man. In our <laughs> hotel, and we just pause it and yeah. then start it up again. Yeah. And how my wife found it, I don't know, because uh, the hotel didn't you know feed it to us. She somehow used her app, and yeah. she, my wife's a wizard with Everything's technology. Everything's out there. Mark, can you talk about yeah. big tech? Because uh, the yeah. Canadian government's going after big tech. Yeah. Big tech is pushing back large. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you see there, especially with the news and, yeah. and, and no, the, the costs associated with it and feeding content? Yeah, Jack, super significant question in this context. Uh, is Canadian government going after big tech? Sure. By the way, also every other government in the world except the American government is going after big tech. <laughs> so I just came back from France. They're imposing a tax on big tech. I can, you know, uh, you read the Financial Times on the weekend, the UK is imposing a tax on big tech. So when we sit back and say, why is Canada attacking big tech? It's actually the entire world is saying, you guys are putting advertising in our country. You're drawing eyeballs away from our country. You established no business nexus with our country. You pretend you don't carry on business in our country. And yet all the advertising dollars from our company are getting sucked out of our country to you. So you can pretend you don't carry on business here, but we know that you do. And you know that you do because you know who your audience is. So we're going to impose a tax on you for carrying on business here. And, and it's Go- completely normal. No, say, but Mark, Go- Google's out there and they're saying that they're going to restrict news feed and true. content. So on search. So how does that, how will that affect their business model and who's actually going to win here? Yeah. So Google's pushing back on the Canadian government. Yeah. Who's going to actually, I, I don't know. I put, my, I, put my, I put my money on a sovereign nation versus a large company. But I think <laughs> at a certain point, 
Google is going to have to deal with the fact. you got to remember, these are big companies, Wolf. $3, yeah. $3 trillion. I want you talking... back up here, please. Yeah. Let's, take, Go ahead. Let's, no, let's, let's drill down into what you're talking about. This is yeah. very, very important. And yeah. you guys are actually shedding some light on something I was not fully aware of. So thank you very much. Uh, that's part of the show. This is a bit of a workshop, and I do learn as I ask questions. And that was great work, Jack. Um, why is the Canadian governments around the world pushing on big tech? Please explain this to us in layman's sure. terms. So here in our com- here in our country... Uh, we have uh, a news organi- news organizations, a variety of mm-hmm. them. They employ journalists. The mm-hmm. journalists write news. The news goes out on their in their paper stock or on their uh, you know think about us as you a, a publishing wire. They, they still exist, That's right? And and uh, you know the Globe and the Post and the and the and the Star and local uh, news organizations mm-hmm. employ journalists to create news. How do they support themselves? Well, they sell advertising and subscriptions on their service. Google started a business where and Facebook where they people can post stories that are published elsewhere and draw people's attention to those stories. They generate um, activity and through their activity and, in, and engagement and rage and response, <laughs> they generate advertising dollars. But more than that, they harvest information. So this, they're basically plagiarizing. They are they are plagiarizing, and in fact, no, they're, they're aggregating. They're aggregating they're, no, information. No, but uh, this is this is a very that is, significant that is distinction. Right there, I know it is. They're they're exactly they're breaching copyright rules no. in order to drive. Uh, they say we're driving attention to your publication, but it's also true they're driving activity on their web on their site, which generates uh, revenue from advertising but also generates value for them in terms of the data that they harvest from every time you have a transaction. They know more about who you are. They know more about your <laughs> your postal code. They know more about your likelihood to buy things. And it's why, uh, in answer to your uh, question, Jack, it's why eBay, it's why um, Amazon is in the movie business because the more information they have about what kind of things you like to watch in oh, movies, wow. the more information they have about what kinds of things you like to buy. So if you like to buy the watch the Godfather movies and you like to buy pasta, they know you're a certain kind of person, they know what your postal code is. They, they So they're harvesting data to generate information which is more valuable to them than the money they make buying and selling movies. And, and or again, so, and so this truly is, from an advertising point of view and from a, um, a marketing point of view, um, this is the, the, the new cookies. Cookies are no longer yes. allowed. Uh, but it, the data that they collect is their data. And they, they, they have propeller heads who write algos, well, algorithm that, that write algorithms to use that data and come back. Because I remember, Jack, it was classic. Uh, probably about six years ago, uh, on his smartphone, Started getting more pop-ups. Well, I can't believe this is scary stuff. You, you're talking about Absolutely. the opposite for, for, for months on end. But uh, technology. Oh, I, I was a... looking for a new mattress. All of a sudden, mattress company. Came up. I was looking for a fishing rod for my kid. I'm getting, I'm getting all these fishing uh, companies popping up onto my screen. It was. But it's, funny. I would say it's more sophisticated. Keeps just getting more sophisticated and artificial intelligence, which is all the rage this year in the stock market. What do you think they're going to use that for? Same type of stuff. It is the same type of stuff. Yeah. And and they. This data, these data that they're harvesting from every time we have an interaction with these companies is data that they can sell to the AI companies or use internally to feed their own AI engines to make them smarter about the way the world interacts. So that's uh, that's what we're looking at. So it's uh, these are companies that are using our news services <laughs> to enrich themselves. And so it makes perfect sense that someone, they should be paying for the use 
of that information right. in uh, a way. Well, well, sure. In a way, it's uh, at the core of the strike that you mentioned, which is who's going to pay the actors and the writers what their uh, work product is worth. Because now Netflix is selling. It's a whole story about how you know Netflix monetizes the movies that they sell internationally. Historically, a studio would have a incentive to on-sell their product to subsequent users, pay TV, uh, home video, free TV. Each of those subsequent sales generates, under the existing SAG and Writers Guild deals, a residual. Right. So you sell it to the studio, the studio on-sells it to pay TV, you get a payment. The studio on-sells it to free TV, you get a payment. It goes to home video, you get a payment. Now... Netflix's interest is not in exploiting your material and on-selling it. It's in actually keeping it within their gated community because they sell subscriptions for it. So there's a negative incentive. There's no incentive to on-sell it, which means there's no residual money. So you sell your movie to Netflix. Your great news, your kids are watching you on Netflix. Bad news, year two, year three, year four, there's no new revenue. I told you it was going to be good. It is Hi-Fi Radio. Martin Katz, producer, uh, content producer, right here at home, uh, president of Prospero Pictures. And uh, when I first met him, uh, he was uh, wearing up rigs, transport trucks, with, I don't know, about 500 cameras so he could travel across the ice fields. Yes, uh, Ice Road Truckers was uh, his baby. Cool, huh? Uh, going to take a quick break, pay some bills around here. Yes, the old-fashioned way. We are the content, and some advertising gets sold around us. Uh, not much, just a little bit. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to help you have more money right after this. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Rwanda, Rwanda. Yeah, yeah. Rwanda, Rwanda. They said many a call if you were chosen. But I wish some wasn't chosen for the blood spilling of Rwanda. Hey. Nice piece, Martin. Okay. So, uh, Martin Katz joining us, uh, a film producer, uh, shall I say, television shows and movies, and uh, Academy Award uh, winner, Nominate. Yeah. nominee, nominated, nominee uh, for uh, the Hotel film. Rwanda. Fantastic. And that was uh, the theme song for it. Yes. Very, very nice. Very, very nice piece. A little reggae, a lot of reggae, a bit of rap. Eh? It's an interesting piece. Yeah. Wyclef Jean, obviously beautiful, brilliant uh, composer. He wrote that track for us. It runs over the closing credits of the of the picture. And in fact, we were struggling to get the movie finished so it could premiere. It had its world premiere here at TIFF in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It went on to play about 100 festivals around the world where it won multiple awards and was nominated for three Golden Globes and three Oscars, including one for that song that Wyclef Jean uh, wrote and delivered at the very last minute to us. And uh, it uh, never fails to give me shivers when I hear it. How's um, business? How is your industry? It's it's always been a sexy industry without question, but not an easy industry. Uh, Many people go to L.A. uh, to be discovered, and Mm -hmm. very few are. Um, But content remains king. I don't see chat GPT 
putting a whole lot of you out of work anytime soon. I want you to speak to speak to that. And I also want to talk to you about um, uh, Richard Davis's company, if, if, if I made one of our analysts at Canaccord. He's now at Unity Software. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must be very much familiar with his work as well, with the product he has. Uh, please. Yeah. So um, let's see where to start. Interesting you mentioned ChatGPT. How does ChatGPT and other AI software um, products, engines, know how people speak? Because it ingests everything that is available in the world. So, we, you know, Jack, you talked about uh, uh, copyright infringement. There's, a, there's an issue, which is that anything that's available, whether it's on YouTube or it's somewhere else on the web, whether it's available subject to or in violation of copyright, is being ingested by these uh, uh, artificial intelligence engines to try and understand, obviously not how you, how to think, but how a thinking person would react to questions. So when <laughs> we make inquiries and say, write me an essay about uh, you know Lord of the Rings and its impact on you know global uh, uh, war and peace initiatives, um, ChatGPT knows what it knows because it's basically copied material that is available to it from anywhere on the web. So you say ChatGPT is not going to do what we do. This is one of the very real issues with the Writers Guild strike and the and the SAG after strike, which is they can't get the Producers Association to agree on guide guardrails to put around the use of uh, artificial intelligence engines that would use and repurpose the images or the of the actors or the words of the writers. So you could right now say to ChatGPT, uh, episode seven of Succession season four, can't quite figure out how to end this relationship between Shiv and uh, Tom. Uh, oh. Write, write me a scene. ChatGPT will do that. Hey, will it because do a good job? It'll do a relatively shitty job, but then you hire a writer for an afternoon oh, to punch it up, really? and you've got a not a bad That's job. That's pretty funny. So, <laughs> it's pivot. funny if you're not a writer. How wow. does your spouse think of it? Yeah, I want to pivot, if I may, again, the business of uh, entertainment. Uh, it's a great industry, and money can be made as mm. an investor. Uh, certainly Netflix is an entertainment company. It's a content company, and stock's moving up. Uh, you know what? It's amazing. Traditional media, of course, stocks are having a hell of a time yeah. um, but ad agencies have had a great move mm-hmm. uh, they continue to make though and they're not expensive companies but two standout companies IMAX stock came out with quarterly results it's working yeah. Canadian technology internationally recognized um, speak to it uh, what you see with IMAX um, and the likes of that but then you look at Cineplex Galaxy yeah not so good yeah very interesting to compare those two stocks IMAX as you say developed here in Canada global leading uh uh, live enter- kind of live entertainment uh, company. You have to go out to a theater to experience IMAX. These theaters were built all over the world for IMAX uh, projections. And what IMAX has been able to do is to overcharge people for a the- cinematic theatrical experience hmm. versus what Cineplex is allowed. It can charge. Um, you only charge people so much. It used to be twelve dollars to go to a movie theater. Now it's whatever it is, twenty dollars. Um, but if you go to IMAX, it's essentially double that. And so you're taking one experience, which is going to the mall Mm -hmm. and going to the movie theater, and instead of paying $20 and the exhibitor getting about half of that money plus whatever they can make selling you popcorn and and Coke. um, Not much. No no money in popcorn. (laughs) No money in popcorn. No. (laughs) The margins are terrible. No more. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they, They now have 
more than doubled their take from every ticket because those tickets are outrageously expensive. So the margin on that same experience, relatively same experience, the same seat, uh, is enormous. And I think that's why the IMAX uh, model is has been so successful. Well, I say Cineplex sees the value in that. They just announced that they're actually building out more uh, more screens with IMAX. Fascinating. Just you know, this week. Yeah. So I want to go back to, you know, um, Jack and I were debating back and forth. I like premium. I'm yes. a premium price guy. Okay. Yeah. I charge above average prices because I'm worth it. And I know I'm worth it. And I can justify it. And and price, my good friend, equals experience, excuse me, value mm-hmm. equals experience divided by price. Got it. Um, or quality divided by price. That's okay. what value is. So IMAX charges twice. Mm. Uh, the consumer obviously is seeing value for it, and so on a unit of value, they're actually they, they see a good value. But the, the one that gets my attention, I was just trying to ex- explain this to a customer of ours. I own the Ferrari stock. Mm-hmm. Okay, an Italian car company. Yeah. And you know the you, Ferrari movie is coming out this spring. Did that, not, this thank you. Fall. They yes. did not know that. Thank you. That's that, that could be a, a selling point for the stock. Toronto's own Sarah Gatton. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I love Italian culture. I love Italy. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood. And so I can, you know, I put on Italian accent every now and then, but I'm not going to because we live in a woke world. I uh, <laughs> can't do that anymore. Um, friends of mine can. Uh, but nonetheless, a Tesla $70,000. A Ferrari. Here's what I love about the Ferrari. It's $600,000. And hey, Joe, go wait in line one year. Right. I love it. Yeah. Hey, it's because a, it's not it's a, a car, bit. it's a luxury item. Well, it, it's got four wheels. It is a car, but it's not perceived. Mm. It's not perceived as a car. It's and it's not as, a car stock. But it's, perception. it's a luxury stock. It is. It's a luxury brand. It's $600,000 and you wait one year. Uh, so when people grumble about, grumble about price, back up. Is there value? And again, people could debate. There's no value in a, in, in a Ferrari. You can only use it six months of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, if you live in Minden, Ontario, a Ferrari just won't work for you. Mm-hmm. It won't work. Uh, there's no value to a person in Minden, but... Uh, you know, if you're the, that type of person who wants a Ferrari, so at six hundred grand, you go wait in line one. I love it. <laughs> hey, I love it. Um, indeed. Uh, well, I guess that's it, Martin. I, you got to. We got to come back. We, 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 you got to come back. I, I cannot thank you enough for your insight and your brain and uh, creating content here in Toronto. Uh, I'm a lover of content and uh, Godspeed to your creations. And uh, yeah, may you. Be employed. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> may Jack, the strike end. May the stri- yes, may the strike end. Indeed. Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday. Please, any questions about money? Any questions about money? You're thinking of giving money to your child because you want to help them buy their first house? Things you want to pay attention to? Call us. You need a will? Call us. We can direct you in the right direction. Accountants and stocks, bonds. That's where we're money people. And we're good at it. Visit us at WolfgangKlein.com anytime I welcome you uh, to our site. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardhill, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.